this is Darren Pulsifer, and welcome to Rise of the Stack Developer, where the convergence of DevOps, security, and cloud-native technologies are changing the way products are developed. In this episode, we're going to talk about information management maturity model and how to use this model to find out where you're at as far as your information management in your organization. So let's dive right in. I use this model a lot when I'm talking to organizations to help them find out where they can go as far as information management in their data centers or in their organization and where they're currently at. And then we can help establish a roadmap for them on what the next steps could be. So this um, model is used in a general sense and you may find when you use this model yourself that uh, parts of your organization are different phases in this model than others as far as maturity goes. And this is very common. We see this um, in several organizations and we see this in other tools like this, like we've got an infrastructure maturity um, model as well that does a very similar thing. What we want to focus on is determining where a bulk of your organization is and where your organization is as a whole. Once we do that, then um, what you can do with those organizations or those parts of your uh, organization that are a little more ahead, you can put them on the trailblazer path so that they're doing things in the future that you want the rest of your organization to do. So. Um, I've seen adaptations to this by many of our customers as they want to make changes to where they ultimately want to get to. And for us, where we really want to get to in the future is using our information to give us foresight and creating a new future for our customers and our partners. So let's start right at the bottom. Um, here at the bottom, we've got um, an area that we call the phases called standardized. Now, most organizations are in the standardized phase, and we've got actually uh, four phases underneath there or subphases. Basic, which means uncoordinated data collection. I'm starting to collect data throughout my organization. I'm still managing by um, primarily reactiveness. Um, I'm using data to be reactive in, in what I'm doing. My data is kind of all over the place and uncatalogued, and I'm storing everything. And the reason I store everything is because I'm afraid of um, possibly uh, removing something that could be valuable in the future. And this is really good for uh, storage companies because we're seeing the explosion of data uh, because of this. And a lot of organizations uh, stay in this for a, a really long time just because the sheer volume of data coming in is really hard to get uh, their handle on. The next thing that we see people do is move to centralized. And the centralized is still management by reaction. You still have that reaction, but at least now you're starting to think about data collection in a more general sense. So now I'm saying, well, instead of having data on, on Johnny's laptop that the whole company's relying on, now I'm putting that in uh, maybe a public cloud or I'm putting it in my own cloud or a centralized data store, right? This is where data warehouses start to become prevalent, where I'm collecting data from several different sources, normalizing that data and getting it into a data warehouse so I can actually see what's going on and visualize uh, what's going on. 
right? That's your centralized. The key aspect here is that I'm still storing a lot, but now I have big data stores where I'm storing all this information. The next phase that we go up is really what we call simplified. And simplified is focused on data consolidation, data normalization. Um, I, I'm trying to now simplify everything that I'm doing in my data. I'm now starting to do predictive data management. I'm starting to become a data-centric organization with Simplified, which is really good. I'm also starting to look at different tiers of storage um, and having a centralized tiered storage solution to save on cost. I'm still storing everything, but now I can um, have hot tiers, warm tiers, cold, and even glacial, glacial um, tiers of storage, which have different price points, which is important. So those are the real key aspects of the three key sub aspects of standardized. Now we start moving up into even more maturity where we're starting to look at managed. Um, and when we talk about managed, now we're starting to talk about standard configurations or standard data profiles. These standard data profiles are really important, um, a step in moving up the chain because now we're looking at how do I really manage my data? I've collected it all. How do I manage it now? How do I age it out? How do I um, get rid of deduplicate or how do I get rid of duplication through deduplication? How do I make sure that my data is um, valid and fitting into some parts of um, being able to do compliance, which is the next phase? So in this phase, you see the beginning of metadata management for the first time. We start talking about data lineage and the importance of uh, data lineage, knowing where data has come from, both from raw data and derived data or information. Where is it really coming from? This is when we start seeing the emergence of architectures like a data lake. Um, and the data lakes are, are important because they give me more flexibility as far as types of data coming in and the applications that I can pull out of it. And then we're starting to see the use of uh, big data analytics with Spark or Splunk and things like that. And another big thing that we see in managed is storage virtualization. Instead of just having big, huge file systems where I'm storing everything, now I'm able to provision storage on the fly. I might be using a software-defined storage layer where it's distributed across my whole data center, or I still may have a storage virtualization, but I'm not siloed uh, where I've bought a machine just to store specific information where I can now uh, use it across. So these are, these are very important um, aspects in managed. And then we move up to the next phase and the natural progression from manage because you've established some core technologies and processes and people there is to move up to governed. And a lot of times people just want to get to governed because of compliance issues that they have or regulations that are coming out. Um, maybe they're worried about data sovereignty laws 
um, because they've got customers all over the world. This is where Governed really um, has a, a play. And some people try and make that jump from basic up to Governed. And what happens if you make that jump without establishing your managed layer first is you get pockets of Governed, but not your whole organization. And your costs go up because you're not taking advantage of scale. So you end up with departmental areas that are ungoverned and they're dragging the rest of the company behind. So this can cause um, some issues. So you have to be somewhat careful of this, but let's talk about uh, governed um, specifically. Some of the key things we're seeing here is as far as management goes, your data organization now is starting to grow even more. Maybe you're, you have a chief data officer now and they're working more tightly with your chief uh, your CISO, your chief security officer, and um, hopefully you're coming up with some common architectures here. Some of the other key things that we see here process-wise is you start seeing data classification. You're now starting to put compliance into your data and in, into your processes and your infrastructure so that you can handle the compliance in an automated way. Now you're really talking about data security instead of just security because you've joined a, a nice relationship with your CDO and your CISO. And you're now starting to probably do some basic AI in, in this. So some maybe some inference, uh, maybe you now have enough data and your data is clean enough where you can now start doing some, some really good um, things there. Another thing that we start seeing in this space is we start seeing data virtualization, which is different than storage virtualization. Your metadata management layer is a key component of data virtualization, which now allows you to operate on data that could be spread over several different places, but it all be referenced in a common way. So we also see at this time um, the ability to bring in data from the edge so IoT now can start coming in. So a lot happens in the governed um, area, of the governed phase of things, which leads up to the next thing that you want to do, which is what we call optimization or the optimized phase. So now you're looking at how can I optimize everything that I have? I've been storing everything, I'm creating data classification. It's a heavy lift still. Now I'm going to look at optimizing to get better um, performance, efficiency, reliability out of, out of my um, systems, whether it's infrastructure process or people. And some of the things we see in optimized is the automation of meta ta uh, metadata tagging because Metadata tagging is extremely important in the lower things, and you typically drop a lot of people on there. Now with this, we're starting to see um, some of the basic AI that you've done before is now doing automated annotation, or you're understanding your data well enough now so that you can automate the metadata tagging that you need to do. Another thing that we start seeing in this area as far as archi data architecture goes is the beginning of data meshes or distributed data lakes, which we've got a whole paper on distributed data lakes that you guys um, can uh, go download from our website. And then another uh, thing that we're starting to see now with 
the AI that we're doing is we start seeing more data inference that we can do. This is extremely um, beneficial because now I can really start using that data to get me to that next phase, which is innovation, where I'm using the data that I have to infer new technologies, new product offerings, new way of engaging with customers. All that's now starting to really um, take place. And the other thing that we start seeing now is business decisions being really driven by your data um, infrastructure that you've established. As um, these tools become more available, we also see the ability to also use the data that's in your system to drive infrastructure optimization, where now you have intelligent schedulers that are now looking at the data, not just the infrastructure, but the data residing in that infrastructure and how best to schedule applications, microservices, um, data services, wh whatever they are, to get the information out and into uh, business owners to make valuable decisions. So that's in the optimized phase. Once we've reached that phase, we can move up to real innovation now. And when we look at innovation, this really happens over time. This is where I can now take that data that I have, create real information out of it using uh, machine learning and um, artificial intelligence to gain um, insight into what's going on in my organization, be prescriptive in the future about what I'm doing, and then give me foresight into changing the world, into creating the new future with this data. Um, knowing what my strengths are, what my customers are asking for, what my supply chain looks like. This foresight gives me the ability to predict much more uh, readily and more accurately. I hope you've enjoyed this um, episode today. You can find this uh, maturity curve out on um, our website, uh, riseofthestackdev.com. And uh, there's a nice white paper on um, each of the phases. Thanks for listening to Rise of the Stack Developer. If you enjoyed our podcast, go ahead and subscribe. Give us five stars and let other people know. If you want more information, like tutorials, videos, white papers, check out our website, riseofthestackdev.com. Until next time, go out and build a new world, one stack at a time.